What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. I am joined, as always, by Cody Kutzer. You can find him on Twitter, at C. Kutzer. And we are joined by TFA's very own, Justin Mandero. What is going on tonight, boys? Just living the American dream. Just watching Twitter explode as everything else around it explodes, too. I know, right? Because it's crazy. The NBA season is now suspended and... What, NCAA tournament now? We have that uh, where there's going to be no fans. That's going to be wild, like watching all these games and like it's literally nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. Uh, the Mariners announced today that they're uh, basically canceling seven games, seven home games in Seattle in March. Um, you know, concerts are being canceled left and right. It's, it's pretty intense uh, what's happening right now for sure. Yeah, man, super – Super weird, concerning. You're not sure um, if it's if it's worth all of this. Then at the same time, like the precautions and everything, like it's I, I don't remember ever seeing anything to this extent with like shutting everything down. Like NFL scouts aren't traveling. Uh, travel to Europe or from Europe is canceled for 30 days. It's uh, it's crazy. And then I have to go out and deliver mail and packages from all over the u.s and china on a daily basis so that's <laughs> hats hats off to you you know you're, you're you're just doing it for us you're doing it for us and you know it's greatly appreciated so i'm covering myself in the covid baby yeah just just take a liquid just purell bath or whatever you yeah i take the i take those wish packages and i just lick all of them doing it doing it for uh doing it for the country i'm gonna take one for the team yeah, that's, that's one way to, to get it, for sure. You know, also an exciting news uh, today. I didn't even realize it, actually. I woke up, and all of a sudden I had a tweet saying that uh, TFA is five years old today, or at least the TFA Twitter account is, which is right around the same time, I, you know, obviously. So uh, big ups on that. So that's pretty cool. But um, other happy, than that, happy birthday, man. I know, I know. I could, I could talk about that forever. It's it's crazy. Uh, this is, it feels like it's been a lot longer than five years, to be honest with you. But uh uh, started from the bottom. Now we're here, right? As uh, as Drake says, right? I I believe he does say that. <laughs> I, I believe that that is that is him. Yeah. So all right. Well, anyways, uh, let, let, we can uh, stop with that because I'm sure people will actually want us to get on with uh, the show and uh, you know Doubtful. drop the small talk. But before we do, you know, I thought it would be fun to start putting in sort of like a question of the day kind of thing. Um, so we're implementing something each show. This is episode 171, by the way. 
Uh, so I think let's start it off with something that, how about this? Give me your guys' top five favorite TV shows of all time. We gonna we gonna rattle off lists. We're gonna go one by one here. What are we doing? Let's let's go let's go one by let's go one one you know uh one one v one. I don't I don't have mine necessarily ranked, but I will I will start with curb your enthusiasm. Absolute classic. Larry David still still doing it. They're still hilarious. So that's that's where I'll start. Yeah, and if I if I had to throw one out there, I think the the biggest one for me is Friends. You know, it was uh that. Kind of uh, that evening night show that fought with Seinfeld for all those years. For me, it was uh, it was the crew from Friends for sure. That is definitely a classic. Uh, but for me, I'm gonna go with Game of Thrones. Uh, th- they didn't stick the landing. Okay, the everything else up to that point was amazing, but the landing was horrible. And the more and more that I've read and dug into it, that they just basically packed in season uh, the last season. The creators didn't, didn't even give a shit. Really pisses me off. I wish I could go back and remake it. But it's still one of the, the best shows of all time. I'm sure you will be very surprised to hear this, Kev, but I have not no, watched Ace. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is seriously wrong with you? I, I mean, Cody, I, I'm going to say I've seen it. I watched all the episodes. It took me a really long time. I didn't start watching it until like three weeks before season eight started. I was just not into dragons and weird ice zombies coming back from the dead to kill you. It was just not for me. Uh, it took it took a lot to digest. So I'm sort of on your side a little bit. Well, yeah, funny, like my, my wife loved the show and one day she randomly had it on. I started watching and it's like, I have no idea what's going on. And she tried like explaining some of the things to me. I was like, you know what? This is, this is too much. You keep watching it. I'll just, I'm going to sit back. So I, uh, I have, Outside of like that five minutes, I have not seen any anything from from Thrones. Okay, well that's that's a, that's yeah. blasphemous. So let, let let's keep it going, or else we could be here all night. So what is number two? Uh, the Wire. See now, see now, see that is where people are going to get me because I have never seen The Wire. Um, never seen either. I know, like the, so the two shows that I've never like that I've watched, but I haven't spun it like or I, I've I've seen maybe like half an episode of The Wire. I need to watch it. Um, but I've not seen it. And the other one is Breaking Bad. Like, I've tried to watch Breaking Bad. I've tried to get into it. I know everyone says it's amazing. It's one of the best shows of all time. But I've just not been. And everyone's like, just get past the first couple of seasons. I'm like, how would people ever watch it if you had to get past the first couple of seasons to enjoy it? Like, I'm sure I, I, at some point I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit myself to sitting down and watching those two shows. Because I feel like those are two shows you just have to watch. But, yeah, I, it has not happened to me yet. So uh, I could see that one definitely being on your list. The next one for me, The Walking Dead. And that show, for a lot of people, people stop watching it after a while. But I will say, like, if people stop watching it after probably, like, season seven, season eight, these last two seasons, season nine and season ten that we're in right now, has been absolutely amazing. And they brought on a new showrunner and this guy rid of Scott Gimple. It's absolutely amazing again. So I definitely still love that show, and uh, I'm still hooked. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was uh, 100% going to say Walking Dead here. Um, to me, it's just been uh, a roller coaster ride ever since. I mean, or ever since the beginning. I think the only thing for me is what you just said. A lot of people kind of start tailing off towards the end of it um, because it, it seems very repetitive. Everything is nice and peachy. They find a new place. All of a sudden, a big bad guy comes in and you know, shits in their cereal, and then Are all of a sudden... Are you still watching it now? Yeah. So, like, 
like, I don't want to give like spoilers. People haven't watched the season yet, but I guess it's really not that big. It's not really a big spoiler. But how was your reaction whenever Negan and Alpha hooked up? I was like, what is happening? Like, I wanted to like bleach my eyes. I'll say this: I I can't, I still can't really get past Negan being quote unquote a good guy. You know what I mean? Like they've kind of portrayed him as having this softer side, and I I guess that's whatever. But if if they're doing it in a way to kind of lull us to sleep where he, he regains strength and, and fights back at some point. I think that's, uh, I kind of hope that that's the direction that they're going in with that. Um, I don't read the comics, so I I'm completely ignorant to potentially what's coming, but yeah, I mean the, the Negan arc has been pretty weird for me. I don't read the comics either, but I have a pretty good, I, I have a pretty solid feeling he's going to kill alpha. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's coming. Yeah, in the next episode or two, but we'll see. So, all right, let's go. Let's, we've already that, let's go to three. We're we're gonna be here all night. If we keep this. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna rattle off my uh, my next three. Then, if you guys have anything to say about it, you can. I'm gonna go South Park, Workaholics, and Seinfeld. See, that doesn't surprise me one bit. With you know, no. that doesn't at all. Another Larry David show, and then the other. I, mean, I feel like I could have thrown on like The Office, but I feel like that's one that like it's part of like almost everyone's top five so it's my bottom one throwing it back to classics so for me so so for me my next three would be this and then this is real tough for me because i could like my fifth spot could probably be a lot of shows but definitely sons of anarchy is in there for me uh Mm, one of my favorite shows of all time yeah i forgot about Uh, that one amazing show the storytelling was amazing i know some of the stuff was outlandish but you know it's fiction whatever and um so that that's definitely there, and then four for me would definitely be House. Love House. Um, again, another great storytelling show. Some of the stuff, but uh, some of the you know diseases and all the stuff that would happen were crazy. But regardless, still an amazing show. Now the fifth show is tough for me because I could go in a lot of different directions. Like Twenty Four is an amazing. What was a great show that that was uh, that was when I, when it was on um, uh, a cult one that or one that I don't really like talking about very much because I feel like you know it hurts my man my manhood a little bit though his parenthood. And uh, it's really good. If you've never seen that, it's an excellent show. But my fifth spot probably would be Friday Night Lights, the TV show. was amazing. Um, I still can go back and rewatch. I'm pretty certain that you and I are the same person. Because uh, while those aren't directly on my top five list, they're all super close. Um, loved Parenthood. Uh, I still watch reruns of House uh, whenever they're on TNT consistently. Um, Friday Night Lights is great. Uh, so really, really awesome choices there. Um, but yeah, for me, it's Sons of Anarchy. Um, as, as you just mentioned, uh, I thought it was really, really great. Um, and um, the kind of post Sons of Anarchy that's out right now is really, really great. It's called Mayans. I don't know if you've seen that, but there, there's a lot of like interchangeable parts there that, that go with Sons of Anarchy and, and they kind of flash back and a lot of characters from the original show are in it. So it's really, really great. Um, but so for me, it's Sons of Anarchy, uh, Entourage, um, you know, Ballers is kind of taking kind of over that place uh, as it continues to grow. But Entourage was uh, a really, really awesome show. Um, and then uh, my fifth one is going to be the Ozark uh, or the Ozarks or Ozarks, uh, which is the Jason Bateman show on Netflix. And uh, they're, could have season. They're going to be rolling out season three pretty shortly here, but that show is just—it's legitimately awesome. Um, the bad guys you don't necessarily know are bad guys, and and the storytelling is really really cool. So 
uh, really like the way that they've done that. No, 100% agree. That, that show is excellent, too. It actually comes back out on the 27th, uh, which is my birthday. Yeah. Next, uh, so it's about time. They, and if another show, if you've never watched it, it's on Netflix. It's called The Last Kingdom. Excellent show. It's kind of like uh, it's a little Game of Thrones, but it's a little. It, it's there's no dragons or any of that shit in there. So Last Kingdom is also excellent. Great list. Uh, really predictable list by Cody. Um, but hey, he's more of a comedy guy. It sounds like nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of comedies I like, you know. But uh, anyways, yeah. So anyways, let's let's keep it moving, right? Um, we are here tonight. tonight to talk about NFL free agency. It is fastly approaching, fastly. Uh, it is quickly approaching. And uh, it, it is what starts next week, right? Next Wednesday is the start of free agency. And this year is nuts. Because uh, like the quarterback position is, in terms of just like depth, is, is pretty is pretty loaded. And that we're not even talking about the draft yet, just, just purely what's out there. And then the running backs, I think, is kind of top-heavy. Wide receivers is like one guy, I think, that really kind of, you know, Amari Cooper depending on what happens with him. But I, I could easily, you know, depending on if the Cowboys are able to work out a deal with Dak in, in time before the, pre, the franchise tag, I could see them franchising him. But And then the tight ends, there's two or three decent tight ends. One, a lead option, I think, and then, you know, the next tier. But this is an incredibly deep free agent class, at least offensively, like fantasy purpose-wise. But I think overall, I think this class, uh, or the, this, this group of free agents, I think is going to be interesting. But the most notably is going to be the quarterback. So why don't we go ahead and start there? At that uh, that quarterback position, right now. Uh, so basically, what we're going to end up having is Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater is available, Marcus Mariota, and then we've also heard different different trade rumors, uh, such as Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Alex Smith could possibly be available, Case Keenum. I mean, there's a ton of places, but I feel like there's more available quarterbacks than there are actually spots available for them to go. And then you have to factor in teams that are going to, like the Bengals, who are going to take Joe Burrow and the Dolphins who likely take, you know, Tua and, um, you know, whoever, if, if one of these teams are looking for a quarterback, take Justin Herbert. And, you know, we're going to get dwindled down pretty quickly, but I feel like, you know, Tom Brady is kind of the king of the class, of, mainly because of his name. I think people are overhyping him and what he still is and kind of looking at him as the guy he used to be and not the guy that he is now. But I don't know what your guys' thoughts are with Tom Brady and, you know, kind of, because I mean, I, I you know, there's a report out today that the Buccaneers are going to go all in. I would puke if he went to the Bucks. Like I literally would would be sick. I do not want to see him ruin what is Chris Godwin and uh, and Mike Evans. Like I would really be upset if that's where he goes, and for a fantasy pr- purpose anyway. Yeah, man. For for me, just kind of this the free agent class as a whole. Like normally, I'm like, all right, let's get this guy here. Let's get that guy there. I want him to go to that team. And like this year, I feel like I kind of just want everyone to stay where they're at. Like, especially with Brady going to Tampa Bay. Like I saw that and I was just like, you cannot do that to us. You can't take away this beautiful gift that we were just given last year with Godwin and Evans. And like, that's, that's where Winston needs to stay, especially for fantasy purposes. Um, the other guys, I'm going to be super interested to see where they land. Cam Newton, to see what's done with him. He's another guy. I just want him to stay in Carolina with Joe Brady and Matt Rule being there now. I kind of want to see what they would be able to do. Um, I think an interesting spot that's kind of been talked about here and there would be Chicago, depending on if they bring in a, a bigger-name free agent. You know, If they draft somebody for some competition, doesn't seem like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be long for Chicago. And then just kind of seeing if what Andy Dalton can do. And I'm not pandering to uh, 
to the birthday boy, to the TFA OG over here. But he's one of those guys that, like, if if everything around him is good, then he's been good. Like, for fantasy purposes, I mean, A.J. Green was a top receiver for how many years in a row? Had Tyler Eifert, who was always good whenever he was able to stay healthy. So I think he's – he that's a, that's another interesting option. The, the other guys, I kind of just look at them and – I don't know. Like Philip Rivers doesn't get me all that excited. Teddy Bridgewater definitely doesn't. Mariota, I think, is going to be a a backup at best. I was kind of interested interested to see what he would do in Chicago with um the uh, the OC that they just had there. They fired that came from Oregon, who was his uh who was his college coach and offensive coordinator, whose name is escaping me. Um, just to see what. No, the the one they just fired, not who they they brought in. Who was there before oh. they brought in? But he was the uh, like an offensive corner, offensive cord coordinator and uh, head coach at Oregon, and obviously where Mariota was coming from. So I thought that'd be an an interesting pairing. But I said Stafford. I want to see him stay in Detroit. Um, a lot of these guys. Who do you guys look at and think are would be major upgrades? if they landed elsewhere. Cause I, I kind of struggled to, to find, to find that fit as far as a quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, I, I think ultimately the way that we look at it is, is that it's heavier on the name recognition than it is necessarily on what benefits these guys have on their, their new teams. Right. And you guys have kind of nailed it at, at length here. Tom Brady is arguably the best quarterback we'll ever see. Um, you know, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will will be pretty close to him uh, when his career is over. Um, but at this point, Tom Brady is simply just a name. So wherever he goes, you know, does he give that much of an upgrade? I think you guys are being a little too hard on him. You know, with the the weapons he had last year, he still only had nine fewer touchdowns thrown than Jameis Winston. I think if you give him someone like Evans and Howard and Godwin, I think those numbers go up a bit. Um, but I think we're really looking at a lot of like really old names that we've seen for the last 15 to 16 years, guys that we've known, guys that we've seen play. And so that's really what is bringing so much to the table here. Um, you know, I think Tom Brady upgrades just about anyone he goes to. Uh, you know, if he goes to the Chargers, he's going to do better than Philip Rivers did with that running game, with that the, the passing weapons they have. If he goes to Tampa, I think he's better than Jameis Winston. You know, uh, even at his age. So I think some of these guys will have some sort of upgradable impact, but I think for the majority of it, I don't. I don't think there's much out there. I mean, from an NFL perspective, I can see Brady being an upgrade, but from a fan of fantasy perspective, I I don't. I don't necessarily see that. I mean, Godwin and Evans were what both top three, top five options in fantasy points per game. I, I just don't because the the, the thing that's going to happen too is you're not going to have the turnovers, which isn't going to put them behind the eight ball. So then they're not going to be throwing as much. You know, what I mean, it's like all that volume is then going to trickle down uh, from there. So for, I mean, from an NFL perspective, sure, you don't want Jameis Winston rolling out there and throwing thirty interceptions in a season. But from a from a fantasy perspective, it was beautiful to watch. It was scary yeah, I mean, for the for the first quarter. A lot of games when he would go out and throw that pick six immediately during the first drive, but then you knew after that you were getting three hundred yards and four touchdowns almost every week. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I, I think 
you know, Brady had 4,000 yards, you know, uh, in Tampa, he has more than that. Is it 5,100 like Winston had? Probably not. Is it 33 touchdowns like Winston had? Probably not. Um, so you are going to lose something there, but I think you get more quality out of it. And I also think it, it's a huge upgrade for the OJ Howard truthers out there that, uh, you know, have been on the Howard bandwagon forever. You know, you give him someone like Tom Brady who loves the tight ends, loves big athletic tight ends. I think Howard uh, gets an instant upgrade um, if Tom Brady goes there. Okay. So, I mean, for me, one, like the Bruce Arians offense is predicated on pushing the ball downfield. Like he wants you to push the ball downfield and throw it deep. That is not what Tom Brady can do anymore. Like he doesn't have that in his in his in his out in his arsenal anymore, right? Like he's still one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, and that's how that's how he's able to continue to produce at such an old age. But I feel like kind of as to what Cody was saying. Like, I, I wouldn't love it from a fantasy perspective. I would hate it. Like, I don't think that you would be able to – I don't think you could see him sustain the level of production. Like, Jameis Winston, what made him so great as a fantasy asset is that he didn't give a shit. And he would push yep. the ball wherever, and he did not care. And he let the wide receivers go out and make plays. Granted, he would throw a ton of interceptions, but I don't care about that. Right, like that is what that pushed and and made both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans fantasy relevant last year together, and I don't think that would happen now. Is you know from a real life perspective or from a real football perspective, sure, I think it maybe could be an upgrade. But if Jameis Winston went somewhere else, like I, I don't know, it would really have to like if he went somewhere like Indy, then I, I would still be on board with Jameis Winston. I would still like him as a as a, as a fantasy player this year. But man, if he goes to some other places, like I'd be, I'd be, I'd be pretty nervous about it. The other one is Andy Dalton. Like I've said before, when you put real weapons around Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton can be an an average, just slightly above average quarterback. We've seen it. He still has that in him. You put him in a system, something maybe like uh, um, an Indy, for example, behind one of the best offensive lines in the league with T.Y. Hilton, with Paris Campbell, or in Tampa. I would love that if he went to Tampa. And so. I, I mean, to be honest, with you, like, like, what's like, how much better was Carson Palmer than Andy Dalton? Like, I feel like Andy Dalton gets this bad rap, and you say the name Andy Dalton, and people are immediately like, "Oh, he's fucking terrible. Get out of here!" Like, like, I, I don't think that he is. I, I, I don't think he's you know an elite by any means, but I think he can be in that fifteen, the, the thirteen to fifteen range, depending on you know the, the weapons he has around him, and he kind of has. So I think that's in his range of outcomes. So to me. In terms of like, if I was an NFL team and I was looking for a quarterback for the next five years, I would much rather have Andy Dalton than Tom Brady, because I don't I don't know how much different they are in terms of you know skill set and what they can what they can give you in the right situation. Because like I said, Tom Brady's got two years left, maybe, and we've seen stuff like with Peyton, with Peyton Manning where he just fell off a cliff. That is easily in the range of outcomes for Tom Brady, right? Wow. He's gonna, he's going to be forty three years old soon. Like, he, we're, we're, we're trending into unprecedented waters. And like I said, he's just a name at this point. Yes, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback we've ever seen play. No doubt. Hands down. But in terms of this year, 2020, he better land in the right spot. Because I, I, I'm still not super excited about it anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think he had statistically one of his worst seasons as a career quarterback. You know, uh he was 27th in, in bad throws or in, you know, negative throws. He was uh, 12th in, you know, quarterback rating uh, or PFF grade, excuse me. Uh, so he clearly didn't have a good year, but also didn't have the playmakers. I think you put him in a situation where he has playmakers 
and can still be his consistent, safe self. I don't think he needs to throw the ball 50 yards downfield to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans for them to be able to catch the ball and go do their thing. You know what I mean? I think you give you give Mike Evans the ability to continue to be that big body and you give Godwin that ability to you know get the yards after catch. Uh, I still think Tom Brady is is a, a viable fantasy option uh in in a place like Tampa or even in a place like LA where he's got Mike or Mike Williams and and um Keenan Allen, you know? I think you just you give him the weapons around him he'll be better than he was this year. But I understand where your your reservations are coming from, you know. Eventually they fall off and and I get that. And so maybe we saw that regression happen. I just think ultimately in the right system, I think he could still be a viable fantasy option for sure. What do you think I, so in terms of just in terms of just landing spots, where do you think the most likely landing spot is for Tom Brady? If you were going to put your money on it today, where do you think he ends up? So, it's a good question. I mean, all day I was racking, wrapping my brain around this. Um I don't know, right? I don't have a true answer. So when when I look at it, I go, Tom Brady has won six championships already. Does he want to continue that legacy of potentially winning and and getting back to the Super Bowl, which I don't think he can do with today's Patriots. And I don't think the Patriots, unless they make that big splash and trade for a, a or draft a really good tight end, draft um, or, or sign Amari Cooper, you know, if, if they're able to get that offensive weapon. I, they would have to make a huge splash offensively for Tom Brady to be effective on the current their current roster. Does Tom Brady want to solidify his one team, twenty one year, twenty two year, whatever career, and stay with the Patriots and be that guy that stuck it out no matter what? Right, just basically show up, get a paycheck, and move on. Uh, so I don't know, but if if I had to say my personal favorite option for him would probably be L.A. Um, the offensive line isn't very good. But, uh, you know, if they sign Tom Brady, they don't necessarily have to go after a Justin Herbert or a Tua this year. Maybe they wait or maybe they go get one of those guys at the back end of the draft, like a Jalen Hurts or something like that, that can sit underneath Tom. Um, So they can then draft a starting left tackle or one of the guards at the sixth spot and really start to solidify that offensive line and still have all the weapons that are around them. They've got one of the youngest, most talented defenses. You know, they just signed Eckler to a four-year extension uh, for relatively cheap, I, I thought. Um, and I think it gives him the right weapon. So my my choice would be get him out in L.A. Uh, and, and let's see what he can do. But I, I think that would be a perfect spot for him. I think it's going to depend on what he wants to do. Does he want to get paid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Does, he wanna, does he want to try and go and win a, a championship not tied to – Bill Belichick. I mean, it, it kind of it seems like as of right now, Tampa Bay is the is a front runner. You know, what I mean, especially if he wants to get that money because it from I, I I saw the same thing. I think you're talking about Kev, where it just seems like they're basically going to try to not take no for an answer, and they're not going to let anyone else outbid them. Um, there was a the story that came out that he had just bought a house in Las Vegas that got people talking. And then I saw something about like I guess he's starting like a, a Hollywood production company. So I guess that you know, if you're trying to you know read between the tea leaves and connect dots that might not necessarily be there, I guess those would be the three. Um, again, n- none of them really get me excited from a from a fantasy standpoint. To where you know we're, if we're talking about this next week and landing spots and all that stuff that we're going to be talking about, like I'm moving him up my 
draft board drastically. So, Kev, do you have a do you have a spot where you want to see him go? I mean, I just want him to retire, to be honest with you. But, but no, but like for me, like I, I think that I, I think the most likely landing spot is probably somewhere in LA or the Raiders, mainly because I think those two teams that that are moving into new stadiums next year need something to sell. To be able to get fans in those and and get the 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 hype up for for their team, I think that there's no better way to do that than by signing Tom Brady. And I think you know he's obviously a California kid from California. I know we had the whole San Francisco could be interested and all this stuff, which is Tom Brady has been by far the most you know popular news story in the NFL over the last month, and, it's, and it was Tennessee that he was going to go to, and he he was going to look at schools in Tennessee and the Mike Vrabel connection. And then from there, now, you know, went to the San Francisco and, you know, Garoppolo is going to get traded to the Patriots. So they're going to cut him and they're going to bring him in. And now it's Tampa that is going to go hard for him. I don't think that he's going to go to Tampa. I think he's going to go in the best situation that he can. Because I think 100% he wants to stick it to Bill Belichick and say, and say, F you old man, I don't need you. I didn't win because of you. And he wants to solidify. And I think the same thing goes for Bill Belichick. I think it's not just on the Tom Brady side. I, I, I think Bill Belichick... Would have loved to have moved on from Tom Brady a couple of years ago before they traded Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's exactly what they wanted to do was was to move what was to move on from Brady and bring in Jimmy and move Jimmy Garoppolo up and be Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo be the quarterback of the future. Robert Kraft, I don't think let that happen, and that's why the trade happened. Because there's nothing you can tell me that they traded Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think most people thought would have gotten fetched for a first round pick, ended up going for what a second, which which was which was you know much less than I think what people expected that they were going to be able to get from him. So for me, like I think if, if Tom Brady didn't land somewhere, I think I think the Chargers, the Raiders make the most sense. And then I, I could easily see the connection with Derek Carr getting traded to the Bears, which I think would actually be an upgrade for them over Mitchell Trubisky. And I think then you'd have to be really interested in guys like Allen Robinson. That yeah, I like that much. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Cody. No, I was I was just sneaking a little snide ass remark in there, just saying that uh, the upgrade from Mitchell Trubisky is is a is a low bar. No, for sure. But like I've said about Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr is the same as most of like well, we've had this conversation many times. Derek Carr is the same as Jared Goff. He's the same as a lot of these quarterbacks. Who, if you have a good offensive line around him and weapons, he is going to produce. But you know, I, w- w- as soon as you start putting this this guy against really really elite defenses and stuff like that, he's gonna he's gonna get his, he's gonna get destroyed. But I think that would be a perfect situation for him. Um, you know, going to Chicago, they're, they're a team that you know I think a lot of us thought was going to be in the playoffs last year with their offensive offensive talent that they have. And they certainly could use an upgrade at quarter or at, at, at tight end as well. I don't think Trey Burton's it, but I think on defense they still have all the pieces to be, you know, uh, definitely a playoff team and a team that could really make some some noise this year. A team that was out of the playoffs last year that could easily find themselves back in. I just don't think Mitchell Trubisky's the answer. I didn't like Mitchell Trubisky when he came out. I still don't like him now, and I, I think they would be better off getting an upgrade at, at quarterback. But their offensive coordinator, or their offensive coordinator, their GM. Uh, is tied to Mitchell Trubisky, and that's why that he is still there. Because I think I don't think he'd be starting right now if it wasn't for that. I would like to see uh, Cam or Andy end up in Chicago. I just want to see Andy Dalton go in a in a in a, in a good offense. Like I would I, seriously like I if Jameis Winston can't play quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want it to be Andy Dalton. Like that's how happy I am to see that happen. I think that would be another great fit. It'd be like Carson Palmer all over again, right? Except for a red-haired red, ro- red rocket, you know, down there in Tampa. So, um, 
the Brian Tannehill, I, th- I think he ends up resigning with uh, or with, with the Titans. I think when it's all said and done, I don't think the Tom Brady stuff is real. I don't think that's a big enough upgrade for me to be honest. With you. Like you're going to go to a team like I know AJ Brown was a beast last year, um, but their offense isn't like loaded, right? They do have a solid offensive line, so that would be good for him to be able to keep him upright. The division's not really anything scary, um, to be honest with you. Uh, you know the Texans are are, are pretty good. The Colts definitely, if they get a quarterback, I think could make some noise. But it's it's probably one of the more winnable divisions if you're going to leave the AFC East. So I I, I could I could see that. But I think Tannehill probably winds up back there. Philip Rivers seems to be tied to the Colts. I don't know what to think about that. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater should not be anything more than a backup at all. Like to me, like he he people there's been there was like rumors early on that saying like oh he's going to get thirty million, which is absolutely ludicrous. And if a team paid him that, I'd laugh. Because that is absolutely ludicrous. The dude was on the Saints and one of the, one of the best offensive of minds, and he was still like okay. Like he wasn't like, oh my god, man, Teddy Bridgewater is lighting it up right now, right? Like I don't know. Like I think he's a great story, fun story, but I think he's just a better backup in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's Tyrod Taylor two point oh. Without the athleticism. Yeah, I, I just don't see um, Teddy Bridgewater being a $30 million quarterback um, in any capacity there. Um, the one guy that I'm super interested to see what unfolds is, is Cam Newton. Uh, you know, earlier, Cody, you had mentioned, you know, potentially seeing him in, in a Bears uniform. I'd love to see him in, in Washington. And that um, and that's coming from a Cowboys fan. I, I don't necessarily want to see him twice a year, but I think you put Cam Newton in that situation uh, with Ron Rivera, who – is madly in love with Cam Newton. Terry McLaurin gets an upgrade. The running game gets an upgrade. Uh, they can still focus on getting Chase Young in the draft, and, and I think it makes the Skins a, a huge viable offense um, for, for next year and beyond if, if Cam is able to go there in, in a potential trade. Kelvin Harmon season, baby. <laughs> yeah, basically. I just don't – so the, the, the Cam Newton thing, like, is crazy to me because, like, I get it, the the foot and everything else, but he comes back and he passes the physical. He's one hundred percent healthy and ready to go again. I don't know, like what, like what is an actual upgrade over Cam Newton, right? In my opinion, like what do you think an upgrade would be at quarterback? Because if if you're moving off Cam Newton and he's one hundred percent healthy, what is the upgrade for him, right? Because that's I, I think, what you're saying. Because you have a very young offense. You have you have CMC. You have uh, Curtis Samuel and and DJ Moore, who's an absolute stud, and I think should be ranked as a top ten wide receiver this year. Like that's how good I think that dude is. And you have all these things. I think they need to improve their offensive line. And if you're okay with his health, like I don't think you're going to find anything better, right, than, than him. And um, in terms of you know again, like I said, Andy Dalton, like I think would be would be great in the right situation. Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. But I don't think it's an upgrade over Cam Newton either. Yeah, I, I think for the Panthers, it's more about the future than it is 2020 season. Um, Cam Newton obviously isn't getting old per se, right? When guys like Tom Brady and Philip Rivers are still in the league, right? But I think for if I'm looking at the Panthers, who outside of CMC and, and Samuel and DJ Moore and arguably Cam Newton, because that's what we're talking about here, the team's not very good. Right, their defense isn't very good. They lost Keekly. Um, it's you know they're going in a different direction. I think right now that team with that new owner, that new coaching staff, everything. I think the best thing for them is to reset, right? Uh, and if they're able to get a second round pick for Cam Newton, 
which is, you know, in, in this case, if it goes if he goes to Washington, that's what, 36, uh, 34, something like that. Um, I think it's a great situation for the Panthers to kind of reload. Um, at, <clears throat> excuse me. They're able to focus on all the pieces they, they need. You know, maybe they take a quarterback. Maybe they use that pick to move up back into the first round and and and, and do some stuff with that. But I think Cam Newton would be better off in an, in a new location. And I think for the Panthers, it, it's uh, it's a similar situation. I think resetting and, and going back to the plate back to the plate here uh, with a clean slate, I think is is a perfect move for that that organization right now. Got a comment. I would take Goff over Card in reality and Dynasty ten out of ten times. I don't really. I mean, I, I think you could put their names in a hat and be okay with it. Like the 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 reason I say that is because if you look at Goff, one, we saw him take a big step back last year, but two, there's a big difference in and where Jared De, where Carr is playing and the weapons that he has versus what Jared Goff has. Jared Goff has Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and you know. Todd Gurley when he was healthy. What is what does Derek Carr have? My point is when, when Derek Carr had weapons, Derek Carr was a guy that we that was a, a front runner for an MVP when he actually had weapons and before he broke his leg. Since then, they've had terrible weapons. They've had nothing to work with. Last year, he had Tyrell Williams as his wide receiver one, Hunter Renfro who came on at the end of the year, and and um, Darren Waller who was a guy we loved preseason. Very athletic wide receiver, but somebody nobody really unknown. It's not like anybody was expecting anything from him realistically. And so, yes, I think if you took Derek Carr with Sean McVay and put him in that offense, I think we would be getting the same results. I don't think they're, 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 it's a much of an upgrade. Maybe Jared Goff's a little bit better than Derek Carr, but Derek Carr has not been dealt a very good hand. He has not been in a very good offense. And so, yes, I, I don't think they're a huge difference. If you like Derek Carr or Jared Goff a little bit more, fine. Like, I don't hate that. But I don't think it's like some big, huge, wide gap between Derek Carr. I think if you stuck Derek Carr and put him on that offense and you put Jared Goff and the Raiders, I don't think we'd be talking about anything different. I think we'd be looking at them in the same way. Yeah, it would be it would be the same thing. They both need the weapons and structure and scheme around them in order to be successful. They're not going to – like we saw with Goff, he's not going to be successful whenever things aren't going perfectly. The, the book is out on him now, so um, if, if he has the pressure, forget about it. And that's it. I mean, I guess same thing goes for, for Gurley. You know what I mean? Like, he he didn't look the same, but that, that offensive line was awful, so those lanes weren't there. He wasn't producing. Nobody in that backfield was. So that's I, – I, I get exactly where you're coming from, Kev. I think if we were able to just flip-flop those names, we'd be, we'd be ranking – Goff where Carr is and Carr where Goff is. Yeah, I I agree. I think you like looking at the numbers, right? Goff had what five hundred more, six hundred more passing yards, one more touchdown, but also eight more interceptions. I think Carr is more accurate, more consistent, doesn't necessarily turn the ball over as much, and doesn't have the weapons that Goff has. So I think to me, uh, you put it in a vacuum. I think Carr is a much better. You switch the two. I think Carr does what Guff do, did or does, but does it better? Does it a, a little bit more securely than than what Guff did? And I mean, if you look at at Carr's career, he's never had weapons. And I know you're going to say, well, "What about Amari Cooper? Right? What about all this?" Uh, I remember reading a stat when Cooper was a, a Raider, and it was like he's got he was like the fourth worst in drop percentage over a three year span. 
Um, you know, Cooper was killing David Carr or Derek Carr, excuse me. And, and it, it wasn't even close. Cooper wasn't doing well for, for the car, uh, for Carr and the Raiders. And that's why they ultimately got rid of him. They robbed the Cowboys completely of a first round pick. Um, but it was the right move. It was, it was to, to get him away from hurting Carr and, uh, any more than he already has. I mean, we'll see, we'll, see, we'll see what ends up happening. It's going to be interesting to see where all these things fall out here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be uh, some fun um, to look at. So let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we spent maybe more time on the quarterback position than I anticipated. But regardless, we're good. Let's go ahead and jump on to the running back position, right? Uh, again, something we sort of talked about. I feel like at the top you have Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, who is a restricted free agent, uh, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller. Then you have the 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 kind of, you know, even Lamar Miller probably gets clumped into this, but uh, the Jordan Howards, the Carlos Hydes, the LaShawn McCoys, the Frank Gores, you know, the guys who are kind of just interchangeable, really. Uh, I think that uh, are guys who are more RB3s, RB2s, situational runners. They're not anybody that should ever be leading an offense. So I think really the conversation really is probably between Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, possibly Kareem Hunt if a team decides to sign him, and then um, Kenyon Drake, right? Lamar Miller... I don't know. I know there, there's been some talk about him going to Tampa. That would be the worst. But um, I don't know. Anyways, but Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, right? Like, I think a lot of people thought that he was going to re-sign with, with Tennessee. That's starting to look like it may not be the case, which would be smart. Because no team needs to pay him the money that he's going to think he's going to deserve. We've seen it. Even the Ezekiel Elliott signing was horrible. Like, it is horrible for the Cowboys. I don't care. Yes, Zeke Elliott is a top five running back. He's a top three running back. Whatever you want to say about him. But he is not worth the money that they paid him. And they are they are now screwed. They can't even pay their franchise. They're barely going to be able to pay their franchise quarterback. They're not likely going to be able to pay either Byron Jones or Amari Cooper. And they're going to have more and more guys that are going to start coming up. And they, they've hamstrung themselves. Now, with the new CBA, that could change. Everything goes up and th- things of that nature. But paying Ezekiel Elliott, we've seen it now with Todd Gurley. We've seen it now with David Johnson. And David Johnson's owed $26 million this year. No team's going to trade for that unless they eat a significant portion of that. If, if, if the Titans were dumb enough, or any team should, should not be dumb enough to pay Derrick Henry $15 million a year, I would offer him 7 to 8 and if, as long as you know, he's eventually going to have to take it. And I think we're going to start to see that a little bit. We, a lot of people freaked out about the Austin Eckler. I'm like, oh, man, they don't really value him because his contract's not up there with some of these other guys. But I think maybe possibly the NFL is getting a little bit smarter and seeing what's happening. And that is what maybe, maybe is causing what, what was what caused Austin Eckler not to get the big of a contract as people expected that he was going to get. And so for Derrick Henry, like I would love to see him go to Seattle. I think that would be a perfect situation in that offense. Now, of course, it'd be terrible for Russell Wilson because then they would just pound the rock 70 million times as they waste away Russell Wilson's career as a, as a thrower. But still, I think that would be a terrific spot. And then Melvin Gordon is, I think, also an interesting one who – I don't know if he's the most efficient runner, but I think he's still one of the better options here, and I think he's somebody that, that teams are going to be looking at. And not to mention how loaded this this uh, running back class is that we have coming out in the draft. But who are you guys most excited about in this group, and what are you guys thinking? Especially a guy like Kenyon Drake, who we just talked about with David Johnson. There's the talk that they were going to release him. I can't see that happening. The, the dead money cap is $26 million. Like That's a lot of money to be eating for a running back. Excited? I don't know if I'm all that excited about any of these guys. Um, I do like that fit with uh, with Henry to Seattle. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. I think was that was that us? We were talking about AJ Dillon to Seattle. I think on one of the one of the recent pods. So like that that I would, think it was I, last week's. Was that okay? I think that would make a lot of sense. Melvin Gordon. I don't. It's it's going to be super interesting, Kev, with what you were touching on with some of the contracts that we've seen. How that how those affect the contracts that we're going to see this year. I think it's like I don't. We're not going to see, like, especially with this group too. But I, like I think going forward, we're not going to see those monstrous extensions and second contracts out of the out of the running back position. Um, Kareem Hunt seems like he's going to be tendered with Cleveland. They're not sure, not exactly sure at what if he's going to be tendered at the first round or second round or whatever. So, kind of looks like he's going to be staying with Cleveland. Um, that is just that's not great news for for Nick Chubb and and, and his outlook. Um, I think I saw something where Chubb was RB fifteen once uh, once Kareem uh, kind of entered the fold there with Cleveland and Hunt was actually RB seventeen, so they were both just eating into each other. I I I don't get it. Um, I mean Chubb is way more than capable to handle the 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 receiving game and the the passing game work, but that's a that's another story. Um, other guys on this list, like there's there's nobody that really excites me. Um, is Kenyon Drake what he was in Arizona? Was he just being hampered by Adam Gase and just that awful situation in in Miami? Who knows? But I wouldn't really be be betting on that. Frank Gore seems like he should be dead, but for some reason he never is, and that's not something I, I quite understand. No, I don't I, get Frank Gore either. I'll never understand yeah. Frank Gore. To do, but hey, he's chasing that record, man. He he is trying to do whatever he can. He's gonna keep running. He's just gonna be running and running and running. And uh, the teams keep signing him and keep bringing him in. And he's gonna you know keep getting his 500 yards rushing or whatever, 600 yards rushing every year. And I don't know, it, it's wild with Frank Gore. I cannot believe he's still in the league. But here we are, and I see that he's already said that he wants to play this year. So boy, but. You know, like I said, like the Jordan Howards, the Carlos Hydes, they're just dudes. Uh, I'm sure the summer team will sign them. There's going to be a couple analysts out there who love the landing spot. Jordan Howard is he had he had thousand yard rushing seasons and like the dude's a he's a jag. Okay, it's all he is. He's Jeremy <laughs> Hill was, two point. He's, he's Jeremy Hill. Who was that supposed to be? Was that was that a was that a Mel Kiper <laughs> impersonation? <laughs> It's just some of the stuff I've seen on my timeline, okay? Of people that let love that are pro Jordan Howard, which I don't know. How, I mean, but I can't say anything. I've always been a a, a Jeremy Hill guy, right? I, I know Jeremy Hill's just a guy, and he's just between the tackles grinder. And that's all he'll ever be. But like, I always had that love for Jeremy Hill when he came out. So like, I still have it. Like, but so I guess some people still probably have that for Jordan Howard. I don't. So I don't know. And like Lamar Miller, you know, obviously got hurt last year. But I don't want any part of that either. So Kenyon Drake is interesting. I think he could be the most interesting name of this group, depending on where he goes, because he is dynamic. He is a true three-down back. Something that Derrick Henry hasn't shown doesn't mean that he can't do it. He just wasn't used that way in Tennessee. But like Seattle, I think, is an interesting spot. But what are they going to do with all these? I mean, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and... Um, you know, all these backs. Now, these guys are, are very expendable because Chris Carson was, what, a seventh-round pick? And yeah. then, you know, obviously they spent the first-round draft capital on Rashad Penny, but that doesn't seem to have bothered them to this point because they've never given him really this fair opportunity. 
And we finally thought Rashad Penny was going to move on, right? And so I started, oh my God, like, here we go. He's going to start taking off last year. And then, of course, he was knocked down ever so mightily by the, the fantasy gods. That always seems to happen. With, so I wouldn't mind Seattle. I think Seattle, I, but I do think Seattle adds a running back, whether it's through the draft or it's through free agency. I think there's definitely a spot they're looking for a running back. So I don't know. But this running back core, like, I, and, oh God, it, Nick Chubb thing really irritates the shit out of me, too, because, like, I love Nick Chubb, but I think Nick Chubb, he does not need Kareem Hunt there in the offense. What are you doing? And if I was Kareem Hunt, I would force my way out of there if I could. Do you? Is that really what you want? Because obviously, because now next year he's going to go on, and I guess now with the, with the CBA, with the weed thing, he's going to be good because uh, I think that's part of the new CBA is that they can no longer drug test, which Josh Gordon must be really upset about. Like, I have wasted my entire career. Now all of a sudden you guys want to make it to where uh, you guys don't test for weed? Bullshit. Like, but anyways, we'll be able to play the game again, though. So yeah. we'll Randy Gregory and, and well, all no, these guys. no, they said they, they, yeah, they, they said gonna, anybody yeah. previously. That uh, doesn't matter. Like uh, you're still fucked. So I missed that. So because uh, I, I was curious, maybe our boy Justin Blackman was going to come out of nowhere and rise up from like a phoenix from the ashes and be like, "Hey guys, remember me from uh, way back when?" But no, rise that's from not going to happen. Like a phoenix from the weed smoke. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Puff puff pass, man. Puff puff pass. <laughs> Before before we get too far, I just want to get this on record as a great idea, Kev. I think we need a segment where you just like scroll through Twitter and like whenever you see dumb shit, you read it in that like Mel Kiper voice, and it's just like a like a two or three minute segment every day of you just like reading dumb tweets in that in oh, that man. voice. So, well, it's been a few years ago, but like I actually had that idea. Like I thought it'd be such a good yeah. idea to like. And I brought this up to Anthony. Like. Shout out Anthony, old TFA host for the podcast. Like I was yes. like, dude, we should go in and find like stupid tweets from people and read them on the air. And like, and he was like, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. That probably wouldn't be a good look for the fantasy <laughs> community. And I'm like, why? Like, it would be hilarious. I mean, I'm sure there'd be some of mine in there. I, I have bad takes, you know. I, I, you know, I say dumb shit too. I like, yeah. I think that'd be hilarious just to find tweets from the community and just read them in like all different ways. And like, I don't know. I thought it'd be hilarious. I think uh, – um, so real quick, Melvin Gordon, where do you guys see him going? I could see uh, Tampa. I could see him signing them. I could see Houston. I think they're going to be looking at – especially with their limited draft capital, I could see Houston just going out and paying paying, uh, paying a running back, especially now that that, uh, that my boy B.O.B. is officially in charge as the, uh, as the GM. I, th- I think those two spots make, make a lot of sense. Um, just from the team perspective, uh, I don't know if you guys have any have any thoughts on where you would like Melvin I think to go. I think, that's, I think that's probably the most likely landing spot for him because of the fact I think they're a team that's going to have to that that likely is going to need to sign a player over because they just went out and just like dollar dollar bills y'all and just gave away all their draft picks last year to acquire all these players and like just straight I don't give a fuck and then blew a 24 point lead in the playoffs to the Kansas City Chiefs in the the playoffs but um yeah I mean terribly run organization Bill O'Brien is a fraud I don't know what he still has a job for but hey I mean you keep losing and you keep getting upgraded like that is the job to be at right there but I don't know what he has on the owner. But yeah, I think that's probably the most likely landing spot because they also, like we talked about, there's so many rookie running backs in this class. Like, it's not a great year to be a free agent. Like, you know, because, you know, we have the Jonathan Taylors, the Cam Akers, the J.K. Dobbins, you know, DeAndre Swift, like so many, Keyshawn Vaughn. I actually saw a uh, couple mock drafts with the Chiefs taking Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round and 
with six to midnight real quick after I saw that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think right now the Chiefs and the Bucks are probably going to be the two most talked about teams up to the draft of a team taking a running back. Right? Those are the two most sexy spots for any team to take a running back. It's Tampa or Kansas City, right? And I think those are probably the two places. I don't think it's going to happen. The Chiefs definitely ain't signing anybody unless that's some you know league 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 minimum vet or something like that. That's the only way it's going to happen. Like Frank Gore. Yeah, we already tried that with Sean McCoy, and you know it's been a joke around here the entire time in Kansas City because they, Andy Reid kept telling everybody that they're uh, they're saving him for the playoffs. They're saving him the wear on the tires, and they didn't play him at all in the playoffs. So you know whatever, but I don't know what happened there. But regardless, like I just think the running back position, like this is a bad year to be a running, like to be a free agent running back. I think Melvin Gordon and Houston makes a lot of sense, and Derrick Henry, if he doesn't resign with Tennessee, which I think is probably the smart move. If it's at a, if it's at a smart cost, I don't know. Like I, I like I said, I think Seattle could be in play. Houston, if they don't go there, I don't really. I don't think. I don't think that's a uh, Tampa Bay is a really a landing spot for Derrick Henry just because of his skill set and what and what Bruce Arians looks for. But other than that, like I think it's tough. I mean, I, there's definitely other places that are you know San Francisco, for example, is a team that needs a running back. But I think that's something they address in the draft. And I don't know. You know, I think that. Um, I know Denver has talked about they really want a running back to pair with with, with, with um, Philip Lindsay, which I guess they hate Royce Freeman now, so I guess maybe Royce Freeman could become expandable. I know Devonta Booker's gone. He's a free agent. So that's kind of where I have it at. I think the best landing spot for Kenyon Drake would be would be Tampa, though, because I think he, he brings that three-down skill set to that team. We've seen him even in a bad, behind a bad offensive line, which is what Arizona had. And I, I think that Kenyon Drake and and, and um, excuse me and Tampa Bay would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to um, when it when it comes to the running back position, we have all these names on this list of guys that could be switching from one team to the next. I almost am going to point out basically what you've been saying. The draft is so deep when it comes to running back. I don't know if teams are going to want to spend the money. Right. No one has talked about Miami. They've got 90 million in cap. I know everyone's been pointing to Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, or whatever being one of their first 33 first round picks that they have this year. Right. But why couldn't they or why wouldn't they save that on maybe offensive line or a defensive player and use some of that 90 million dollars on someone like Melvin Gordon? I think Houston is an awesome spot for Melvin Gordon. There was potential trade talks happening before they made that big splash, giving up. 43 first-round picks for a, an old, useless left tackle and, and a wide receiver who didn't really do much for them um, all that consistently. I don't understand the hate for Ronald Jones. I mean, in in Tampa, I understand that he hasn't really panned out based on the way he was drafted, but the last couple of <laughs> the last couple of weeks in Tampa, he was really good. And uh, you know, he was in from week 14 on, he was RB 16. So I think Ronald Jones could still be viable if they use him the appropriate way. But I get why you guys are wanting to walk away from me saying that. He couldn't beat out Peyton Baba. Get out yes. of here. But yeah, he I, started to towards the end of the season. It shouldn't take 14 weeks to beat out fucking Peyton Barber. It shouldn't take yeah, three I, years. I get hey, it. I, I, I can't agree on that one. I'm out on that. Like Ronald Jones is a bum. Ronald Jones, to me, has been a bum since he came out. And he's done nothing to to make me think otherwise. And 
Yeah, they, they it is DefCon. They they need a running back in Tampa. Miami's also another really good landing spot as well. But it would it would be so Miami for them to do everything right and they get rid of all this talent and they free up all this money and acquire all this war chest of draft picks and just oh my god they're doing it right they're gonna build this thing up and they're gonna actually be a contender for them just to go out and sign Derrick Henry or something to a seventy million dollar deal and just ruin the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, if they get Melvin Gordon, he's only 25, 26 when the season starts, right? I mean, that's yeah. But you have to talk about their window. I mean, so I mean, how how close is Miami to winning? Right? They're probably at least another two or three years out. By that point, Melvin Gordon's twenty eight years old. Like you can find that in the draft. They have multiple draft picks that that they could. There is multiple running backs in this draft that are definitely better than any running back that's available right now. I don't disagree with you, but the way I look at it is, let's say Tom Brady leaves, right? That division is up in the air. They get Tua, they get a top wide receiver, they get an offensive lineman in the first round, and they pair that with Melvin Gordon, with Devontae Parker already there, with the the young defensive pieces that they have, right? They don't they're not slouches, they're not a very good team, but they're young. And I think you add a veteran like Melvin Gordon who can do it. I, I think and while saving those picks for other pieces that they need. I think they could be contenders if Tom Brady's not there. All right, I get that the Bills are there, but without Tom Brady in, in New England, I think that division is super wide open. I, I don't think you can just slot the Bills in there if the Dolphins do the right do right this offseason. I'm not sure I'm not sure either if I'd count out the Patriots just yet, depending on what they're able to do. Because they're they're definitely not a team that I don't think is going to go draft a white our quarterback in the draft. And they're going to try to build I mean Bill Belichick doesn't have much time left either. And I think that he wants to stick it to Tom Brady if he were to leave just as much as anybody else. And so I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be walking away from the Patriots just thinking that they would be dead if Tom Brady walked. Like I said, I don't think Tom Brady – I think Tom, Tom Brady is very replaceable at this point of his career. So, again, if a guy like Andy Dalton went there, I wouldn't even hate Marcus Mariota. Like, I honestly would not. I would like to see Mariota in a, in a different scenery and a different offense. Like, Mariota has shown flashes in his career of being able to be a competent quarterback, right? And so I think you put him with somebody like Belichick, with Josh McDaniels, with, obviously, they need some weapons. They're going to have to continue to invest there. But, so, I wouldn't hate that. But I don't think the the division in the AFC East is still pretty bad. But I just don't think it would be an optimal move for a team like the Dolphins, who is trying to completely rebuild, to just go in. and Because it's going to cost them a lot of money to pay Melvin Gordon for a team that's still probably two or three years away from really competing for a playoffs. But yeah, they may be, they, you know, next year they, they, they could, you know, they could win seven, eight games, something like that. It's certainly possible, but I just don't think you need to make that move for a, a, as a team that is trying to rebuild, that has done everything you can to rebuild. You've, they've really done it right with moving on from certain players and really stockpiling a ton of draft picks to now being able to kind of do whatever they want, similar to what the, the Browns were able to do. And I think their coaching hire was much better because Freddie Kitchens was an absolute bum and never should have been a head coach. And they, they, they really botched that in Cleveland. But I think in Miami, I think Miami is, is following down that same path. And I don't want to, I would not want to see them out of nowhere because it would really would be off. It would be coming out of nowhere to, to make a move to, to get Melvin Gordon at this point. Yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think some of the guys that I'm uh, super interested to see what happens to are not even on this list. Guys like Matt Breda, uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, there's all these rumors that, that Adam Gase doesn't like him and didn't necessarily want him. Could they consider trading him? 
could they consider using one of their picks on, on one of these running backs um, to try to kind of reset that? I, I think uh, some of these guys that are on teams that are potential trade, you know, uh, pieces, I think are also super interesting um, from a running back perspective. There, I mean, perspective. there's certainly other spots that, that, that could use a running back as well. I mean, we talked about Pittsburgh, right? James Conner, is he, you know, are they sold on him? And, and in that offense, and that he's never been able to stay healthy. And I think one, either either, either they're going to address it in the draft. I could see them adding another piece, you know, a, a running back. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's much more likely to add somebody via draft. Uh, I think Buffalo could use another running back, at least as a secondary, you know, as, as that change of pace guy. I think a Chris Thompson would fit nicely there in that role. Uh, you know, to pair him with with uh, with Singletary, but I think there's going to be a lot of there's there's some other spots that that could use a running back. We'll see what happens. Le'Veon Bell thing, they paid him too much damn money. That's another example of of just like Zeke and all these other guys where they're overpaying him, and it's going to be really hard for them to trade him because no te- most teams aren't going to want to make that move. And he's 28 years old. He has a yeah. ton of mileage. It was just a bad move by then. Unless the Jets are willing to eat a good portion of that contract, I don't see how they're going to be able to get out from under him. So I don't know. We'll see. They have, have to take like a sixth or seventh round pick for him at this point. I mean, they have to eat a lot or take a really bad, you know, dart throw draft pick just to be able to get rid of him. So all right, um, all right. Let's let's jump over to wide receiver again. Not a really stocked group here, but uh, Amari Cooper again. We'll have to. We're going to have to see what happens with him. I personally think that the the Cowboys aren't going to be able to sign him. It doesn't sound like they're going to get something Dak signed. It sounds like they're going to have to franchise him. Uh, unless something in the last hour, they, they pushed out the, the uh, franchise tag to Monday ahead of the, basically the CBA vote that they're waiting on. Because that's really what's been, what we've been holding up. This, a lot of all, everything that's going to happen is waiting for the CBA vote. Because it's going to change a lot. Because right now it's tough because teams don't know what they're able to pay people, right? All they know about is this. All they're going to know is this year, but past next year, they're not going to know anything. So it's going to be really hard to sign players long term without knowing where everything is going to line in in the CBA and what money you're going to have available. So it's really holding everything up, which is why we keep seeing them push everything back. So with Amari, like if they don't get a deal done with Dak, they're not going to have the money to sign and my to really turn around and sign Amari Cooper to a long-term deal, and I think that's where you see them walk. Maybe they might be able to work something out. We know teams can do all kinds of stuff to get players in. I, I, you know, from a fantasy perspective, like Michael Gallup, wide receiver, close, borderline wide receiver one, if if if, if Amari Cooper is gone from that offense. Like, I'll be all over Michael Gallup, right, um, if, if Amari Cooper is gone. Now, where could Amari go? Like, I th- he's definitely going to be the most coveted wide receiver. I think there's a lot of different places he could go. I think Indy would make a little bit of sense. Needing another wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton's getting older. Um, but I think there's a lot of teams that, that could use somebody like Amari Cooper. And I think he would probably draw a pretty heavy, heavy contract uh, on, on the free agent market. So... I'm excited to see where he goes. Past him, AJ Green. It's almost positive that I think that's probably pretty much said that they're going to franchise him. Poor, poor AJ Green. This man can just go play for a winning franchise at all. Like you're just going to franchise him like that with another team that's so far from being in contention. You're just going to waste this man's career and franchise him. It's it's garbage. And he it doesn't seem like he wants to play there to be honest. And so past that, you know, you have Robbie Anderson, which I think would be a great fit in Green Bay. You know, next to uh, Devontae Adams, you have Rashad Perriman, who really took off at the end of last year and started to really play really well. 
there in Tampa once they lost Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin went down. Brashad Perriman put, had, had a few good games there at the end. Manny Sanders, the guy continues to age. But I think that would be a, a decent fit there. I think maybe New England, a team looking for a wide receiver, would not hate that on a one- or two-year deal. Taylor Gabriel, I think, is the most underrated wide receiver in this class. Um, hated that he, you know, he was stuck there. I, we were all really excited when it happened. Had a few good games, but with Trubisky, was never able to really be unlocked. I think in the right system, I think he could he could be interesting. And then past that, you know, obviously I'd have Josh Gordon on the list because why not? For the brand, you have to. And Jeremy Hill and Josh Gordon are the brand, and I don't know if that's really not a great you know duo to be tied my wagon to. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes. I've been Patrick Mahomes since before Patrick Mahomes was on the Chiefs, but. I mean, Jeremy Hill and Josh Gordon are strong, strong. Yeah, this uh, this list is pretty pretty gross over overall. You said Green Bay for Robbie Anderson. I really want to see him land with Philly. I think that'd be a that'd be a really nice spot for Carson Wentz. I mean, dude, you want to talk about somebody? He Greg Ward is his wide receiver one at the end of the season. Greg Ward was so money though in the uh, DFS. Uh, uh, oh yeah. He he definitely performed well, but like, dude, when you're bringing someone in who was what he came from, what the AAF or whatever I think, whenever they uh, disbanded, he he came in from there. So, I mean, that'd be I think that'd be a really nice landing spot. And if they can go out and get you know get an X receiver, um, you know, a bigger body guy, if they get like a T Higgins or like a Denzel Mims or something, they'd be they'd be on their way to rebuilding that uh, that wide receiver group pretty quickly. Um, I mean, outside of that, man, I'm really not excited for for a lot of these names. Um, sucks for AJ Green that looks like he's going to be spending another year in Cincinnati. But for uh, for redraft purposes and also for dynasty purposes, um, he's going to be somebody you're going to be able to get on the cheap. I mean, the the thought of uh, Burrow being in there and having uh, AJ Green to throw to it's going to guy you're going to be able to get late because of all the injury concerns and everything else. This, this, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is one of those classes where I think everyone should just stay put. Like for fantasy purposes, Amari Cooper, stay in Dallas. Whatever that cap ends up being, obviously we want Dak to be tied to him. Um, but that, like, that's a spot where I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere else and and really receive an upgrade. In ter- you know what I mean in terms of fantasy value, um, Manny Sanders. What he did coming off that injury this year is nothing short of impressive, but kind of struggle to find a, a spot for for him to go. We need we need him to leave so we can see Debo fully unleashed. Get him get Debo up to. I mean, if if Debo's there as the wide receiver one by himself, and you know only has Kittle to really contend with, I mean, I think we're looking at him as wide receiver. Like, I mean, I'm going to throw him up like 15. Wide receiver 15, just right outside of that wide receiver one range. I don't know what you guys think about that. But um yeah, anyway, like like I said, like not really not really super excited about any of these guys. Kind of want everyone to stay put except Robbie Anderson and get that man to the Eagles. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna be on a one man boat here out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, nowhere near Well, you already were when you said Ronald Jones was good, so you you stay I out in that ocean, buddy. Good. Okay. I did not say that he showed flashes at the end of last season that proved to me that he could continue to develop. However, what I I heard Ronald Jones RB1. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes, he is the best running back in football. No, uh, I'm you know I've said it before, and I'll say it a million times because I bleed the star. I can see it when my eyes closed. I, I don't want Amari Cooper in Dallas. Um, I want to see Gallup become a number one. I think um, Cooper is going to cost way too much money. You've got a whole Kogan I look vibe going on there, Cody. Um, I, I think Cooper's going to cost too much money. I think he drops the ball too much. I think Gallup drops the ball too much. Um, and I would much rather see the Cowboys spend the money that we have on our defense rather than waste arguably about $300 million in total on three offensive players. Because when you look at you know, Dak's gonna, what Dak's going to want, what they're already paying uh, Zeke, and then ultimately what they're going to be paying Cooper, I, I think it's just way too much money to be putting into three different players. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball when there's so much room for them to grow and and where their weakness is right now is the defensive side of the ball. So I think Cooper, I've never liked him. Uh, I, I didn't like the, the the trade to get him. I haven't been super excited about him, you know, despite the fact that he had, what, 1,100 yards or whatever. Uh, I, I've just never really been a huge fan of Cooper. So if I'm looking at it, I'm looking at Cooper going someplace um, – you know, that is in need of a, a kind of a second tier guy, a guy that doesn't necessarily be need to be a number one. You, you had mentioned the Colts uh, with T.Y. Uh, kind of getting up there in age. I'd love to see Tom Brady sign with the Patriots and Cooper go to New England. I think that would be a huge upgrade um, for both him and, and, and Brady in that system there. You know, you had mentioned Robbie Anderson to the Eagles. I think that's a really good move. I'd really like to see Taylor Gabriel in Green Bay. I, I think he is the guy that can complement um, Devante as a number two there. I think he could really be the speed guy that Rodgers needs to kind of check down and, and get out in space. I think that would be a really good move for him there as well. But ultimately, this list is, as you guys have said uh, already, it, it's not very pretty. Uh, the draft is is much more prettier than than what is currently available for sure. One, I'm mean, bold take, <laughs> bold take on Amari Cooper. Uh, yeah, not a fan. Because I mean, I think he's probably like a top 15 wide receiver in the league easily. I mean, I think it makes sense with what Justin was saying coming no, I, I from get the, the, I, I, the I, NFL. I yeah. The problem is though is that the, like as much as I am gonna love the fantasy implications for Michael Gallup. Is who else? I mean, I guess they're going to have to spend. They're going to, have to spend draft capital on their on, yeah. on the wide receiver position because they're not going to have anybody. CD Lamb, Lamb, let's get him. Boomer sooner, let's do it. What? I don't think he's going to be there. I mean, when do you guys pick? I mean, uh, granted, mock drafts are just mock drafts, but both Bucky Brooks and and Daniel Jeremiah have got him going to the Cowboys currently, um, as of right now, in their in their latest mock draft. So, if the Colts go quarterback um, or if the Raiders go quarterback there uh, 12 and 13, that leaves one of those receivers, right? It leaves Judy, Henry or lamb. Um, and, and personally, I'd love for the Cowboys to go after someone like Jadavian Clowney and free agency and draft one of those wide receivers. Uh, I, I think that's huge for them from a, from an NFL standpoint. How much? So what is their cap space right now? 90, 88, 83, something like that. I can look it up. Um, Wait, they're going to have on, 83 million? On Spotrack, however, I'm not sure how uh, how you pronounce that one, uh, but they have them as six most 
uh, cap space was 73, almost 74 million. Yeah. Which 30, some of that million is going to Dak. Yep. Right? Yeah. 30 will go to Dak. What? Cooper's going to want 18, 19, right? He'll, he'll want top three, top five money for sure. Um, where I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, like I, I get what you're saying and it, and it makes sense. Right. Um, but like I couldn't imagine, like I don't know. I guess I feel like you know the Chiefs were in the situation last year with, with kind of with Tyree Kill, right, and what they were going to end up doing with him. And I couldn't imagine being like, yeah, I don't really want Tyree Kill. I want him to go somewhere else. Like I would, like I get it. Like I totally understand where you're coming from because from a team building perspective, that's going to what they have to do. I don't think they need to build up their defense. Like, like I don't think that was was what's holding them back. I think Jason Garrett is what's holding them back because the the, the Cowboys' offense and their, their team as a whole that they one hundred percent should have been in the playoffs. 100%. And they have enough talent to really challenge. I, they could have been in the Super Bowl last year. Like They had that kind of talent to be able to do it. It's just Jason Garrett or something is holding them back. But I think it's Jason Garrett. But I, I feel like, you know, taking that, that step back, you know, they definitely need a tight end. I don't know what, if they're going to – because like, uh, Blake Jarwin, is he a restricted free agent? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a – I want to say he's got a first round – it's either first round or second round tender. So he's definitely probably going to come back. And I think ha- they better not bring Jason Witten back and just keep that thing going because love Jason Witten, but that dude should be another guy that should be retired by now. But he just can't, he just can't, he just can't give Six it up. Catches, 700 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that, that's – it's not – it's not super fantasy relevant, but uh, but ultimately it's still viable in the NFL. But Blake Jarwin at this point in his career is a, a light years ahead of of what Jason yeah. Witten is. Well, I yeah, mean, but I mean Blake, Jar- also- Blake Jarwin's waiting to be unlocked, like fully unlocked, yeah. and like Blake Jarwin could be a tight end one this year easily. I guess from a standpoint because they, they've invested so much money in their offensive line, so they have that. And so, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. Like I, I guess I get a little bit where you're coming from and not bringing him back. And not investing that kind of money in him, they're they're going to have to pay Dak. And I don't know if they bring back Byron Jones or if they do something else. But regardless, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. But I guess we can go ahead and move on to tight end because I don't think I really have much else to say. I pretty much said what I wanted to say. Um, another team that's going to be looking for a wide receiver is the Chiefs, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. They're, with Demarcus Robinson gone, they basically have McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill. I think they fill that through the draft. I don't think they're going to sign anybody. They don't really have the money. To, to be throwing out there to any of these guys. But um, so the last position is everybody's favorite position. Every show is the tight end position, right? And it's a pretty, pretty small list of tight ends. And I don't even know if really most of them, like Jimmy Graham was released today. Um, and then Jordan Reed should definitely retire. Has had like 46 concussions in his career. And just the dude's a warrior. I got to give him credit for that. But the guy should probably have retired by now. And then you have Vance McDonald, who was um, a preseason sleeper that everybody has loved for the last couple of years in, in Pittsburgh, has not panned out. Eric Ebron, uh, I don't think is as good as some people think he is. And then Hunter Henry sounds like he's going to get franchised by the Chargers, so he probably won't be available. It's pretty much Austin Hooper, though, and Eric Ebron for me as the two guys. Austin Hooper has been rumored to go to like every team in the NFL almost right now, but I know a lot of people want him to go to Green Bay. I do not want him to go to Green Bay. I would be very upset if he goes to Green Bay. Very, very upset. I do not think that's a good landing spot. We've seen it enough with Aaron Rodgers that he just doesn't support tight ends. I don't know if it's just something he doesn't look for. Devonta Adams gets so much targets. I do not want to see him go there. 
there's a lot of better options for him. I, and I don't really want to see him go to New England. I know a lot of people have posted. Literally everybody that's available is going to New England, though. If you look on Twitter, the first thing that always pops up is the Bill Belichick gif where he's at the uh, he's at the combine with his, you know, every time. With every player, they're going to, they're going to New England. But I think Austin Hooper, I think Chicago would be a really good landing spot for him if they can upgrade at quarterback. I would love that. But Austin Hooper is only 25 years old. Far and away, you could make a case that he's one of the – he's definitely in the top two or three, I think, of best available free agents overall. Yeah. I mean, Not all at once. I know it's tight ends. I know you guys are so excited. but Super excited. I think, um, I think for me, both Arizona and Washington are um, – Damn it. What are you that, – that is Dan Arnold. What are we doing here? That is Dan Arnold – we were not, you know, no, no tight end to Arizona. Okay, Dan Arnold season is upon us. <laughs> uh, okay, if again, if that's the the brand you want to set for yourself, I'm I'm all for it. But no, I, I think ultimately you're gonna find that all of these guys are gonna be tied to all of these three teams, four teams that are really in desperate need of of tight end at this moment. Um, so like you've got Indianapolis, you've got. Detroit, uh, it, you know, if they want to add another piece to um, to Hawkinson, you've got Arizona, you've got Washington, um, and, and you're going to find that all of these guys are up for any one of those teams. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who actually gets signed. But I do agree with you. I think tight end in Green Bay is where guys go to die. Um, you know, you saw it with Graham. You saw it with, uh, with uh, Cooks before right eventually he started to fall off there and and i think you just really don't want to see any of these guys go there um in in general but i would love hooper in arizona with uh kyler murray and and kind of what they're doing out there uh with that kind of offense i think that would be a great fit you know where i would love austin hooper is for him just to go back to atlanta like that 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 would be the nut spot yeah if they didn't have their cap situation so screwed up um I'm looking through the list of available cap and a, a team that jumps out to me who's spent a bunch of like third, fourth, fifth round picks on the position the past couple of years and does not have the draft capital to go out and get one. Uh, Houston Texans. Um, I'm not sure what kind of decisions they have to make outside of like Laramie Tunsil, who apparently wants uh, you know $50 million per year to play to play tackle. Um, but they have $62 million in cap, eighth most in the league. Uh, they, they would that, that to me that would be an interesting team to to see him land there and like I said they've been trying to fill that void with a bunch of you know day three kind of guys and obviously just hasn't worked out. Um, I mean maybe Cincinnati fifteenth um, most cap forty seven million. Um, if they're going to try and surround Burrow with as many weapons as they can possibly get early on in his career, I mean that might be another interesting situation. Um, yeah, because I mean, Tyler Eifert's a free agent, and I know they saw Uzoma, but I mean he's been traditionally more of a pass catching, or uh, excuse me, uh, blocking. Yeah, he's he's been fine in spurts, and as a, I'm sure you've plugged him into some DFS lineups as a as a cheap option, kind of as a as a waiver wire fill in on on some weeks, but out, outside of that, um, and then really after that, there's no other. Uh, Chicago would be interesting. Um, that I think the Trey Burton experiment is over, but I still think that's a that's an offense that could support the tight end. What about um, Pittsburgh? Oh, dude, they're cap, they're in one of the worst cap situations in the in the league. <laughs> I really like New York. They are uh, Jets. 
Uh, I think Hooper Let would Herndon be. Herndon live. And they no. Just, wait, what? no, and they did wait, and they just they gave money last uh, last year to uh, who's the Ryan Griffin, right? To Ryan Griffin, they gave two yeah. million to Ryan Griffin, right? I don't know. I I, I don't think they're. T- I, I would be so really surprised if they, if they went out and like it's really just Austin Hooper, right? Because if they sign anybody else, I don't care about. You know, Eric Ebron is a nice red zone threat. So I guess maybe if he went to like Houston or something like that, that I'd have a little bit of interest. But I like I wouldn't move him straight like way up. He wouldn't be like a top five guy for me if he goes to Houston. Like Austin Hooper is kind of the crown jewel of of this of this group because I just don't think Hunter Henry is going to be available. Yeah, I mean he's, yeah. he's Hooper is definitely the best outside of Henry, and and you're right. I mean I think Henry's. I would stay. have personally. Mm-hmm. I would, even even if Henry was available, I would still have Austin Hooper ahead of him. I think it's close. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, really. So, and I guess, I mean, if, if Henry left, then I guess the Chargers would be in the market for a tight end, but I don't see that happening. Um, so, and maybe Seattle is another team that could be looking for a tight end, but they've never really been a team that seems to be, like, truly worried about having, a, like, an elite tight end. Yeah. I mean, they, they just signed Greg Olsen. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. Greg Olsen signed with them, yeah. Or I guess New England, we didn't bring that one up. That, But that's the that's the spot everybody – that has how you know thinks Austin Hooper is going to go to. I mean, everyone thinks everyone's going to New England, as you said in the beginning, right? I mean, that's all that's all Twitter is right now. The Steelers are in such a bad position. <laughs> do you want a t- I mean, do you want a tissue? I, it makes me so happy. It makes my heart. No, happy I mean, I, I honestly don't the care. Steelers. I've been- I hate the Steelers. Like I hate them so much. Like the the years, like when we had Alex Smith, and like they would, and we uh, bounced you out of the playoffs. And- yeah. And it feels so damn good now, though, because now we got a Super Bowl and we got Patrick Mahomes, and you guys got 320 pound, should be on a weight loss program. Ben Roethlisberger, who has a noodle arm, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, who everybody thought was going to be the you know great, fell off. Speaking of Juju, what are you guys doing with him? And because like right now, if you kind of look at his, I, I know it's super early to be talking about ADP, but. Juju right now, I think his ADP and redraft is like the third round, I think. And that seems way too early for somebody that we don't really know what the hell's going on. Those rent prices are way too damn high. I would so much rather have Deontay Johnson. Like I think Deontay Johnson's a baller. Yeah, I'm not not paying a third for Juju and redraft in any way, shape, or form. I was not on that bandwagon. I thought there were too many questions. I mean, you look at, like he had A B on the other side of him. And think of him now what you will, but he was one of the best receivers for five, six years in a row. I don't think Juju was cut out to be that number one. Now, granted, he had that quarterback situation was awful in Pittsburgh this year, and then he had the the injuries of his own. So it's it's not completely fair to you know judge him based off of this season but i was i was not on that like there were some people in dynasty who had him ranked as like the like their number one wide receiver i was never on that bandwagon um but they're they're just in such a bad spot with draft capital they don't have a first um they have no cap space so it's it's going to be super interesting and then a lot of the media around here want them to go running back with their first pick in the second round. And like, there's just so many holes. And if, if you're doing that, you were banking on, let's keep Ben healthy for one more year and try and make a run. Cause outs- like this, this thing is about to burn to the ground and it is going to be ugly when it does. 
How would you feel if the Steelers took Jalen Hurts? A hell of a lot better than I feel about Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges being my being the my quarterback. If there's not a team that needs a backup quarterback more. It, it is definitely the Steelers. They would need to do whatever they can to find a a true true backup quarterback. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Cody. No, I was just gonna say I I, I would like that. I think we're gonna um because that that offensive line is getting old starting to get injured too so they're going to need somebody that has a little bit of a little bit of wiggle and athleticism to them so um i mean i'd, I'd hate to to kind of feed Jalen to the wolves like that you know in year or two or something but if he can sit there and hopefully develop for a year if ben's able to stay healthy um i i like that a lot i, th- I think hertz is getting a little bit too much hate um but if the Steelers are going to do that they're obviously going to have to go the route of uh, Baltimore and just give give him that kind of Lamar Jackson treatment. Not saying that they're the same player, but they're going to need to commit to him and his strengths the same way that Baltimore has done as an organization. Yeah, just a couple of things to add. Uh, when you talk about Juju, it's what scares me about uh, Gallup being the only guy in Dallas, similar to Juju being the only guy in, in uh, Pittsburgh. I also, for some reason – find it really weird that so many teams are linked to Jalen Hurts, but yet people still talk about him being a day three pick. Um, I I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. And again, might be biased. I'm a Sooners fan. So, you know, take it for what you will. But uh, I think he's going to be really, really good in the NFL. And I think uh, landing spots like Pittsburgh or even Oakland late or Indianapolis late where they can focus on something different early on in the draft, uh, I think would be huge for him. Um, And then just to kind of circle back to tight ends, we didn't talk about Buffalo. Um, And I think Hooper to Buffalo is is intriguing um, in that offense and, and with that kind of young, talented core around him. Leave Dawson Knox alone. Yeah, they have Dawson Knox, and they also have Tyler Croft, who they paid yeah. they gave a contract to. But neither of them were really all that good. I mean, well, Tyler Dawson Croft Knox. was coming off a major injury that he had suffered over the offseason, so he didn't really get a chance to ever do anything. But Knox had some nice flashes. And then we're also going to have to worry about Albert O, right? Where's Albert O going to go? The best tight end in the, in the group. But I'll say this on Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts, we talked about him back whenever we talked about quarterbacks two or three weeks ago. And when we, when we discussed him, and I, I, I mean, we said then that I felt like that he's probably going to be a first-round pick. Like, as much as people may not believe it, and it seems like the winds of change are starting to happen around Jalen Hurts, and people mm-hmm. are starting to become more and more on board, especially as he's out there throwing in shorts at his, um, you know, that, the, that came out, you know, stuff like that. He looked good today. Him and CD looked good today in the pro day. Yeah, they, well, but regardless, I, I I definitely think there's going to be a team that's going to take a shot on him in the first round, especially seeing what Lamar Jackson did and feeling they can replicate that. Could Jalen Hurts be a better passer? Sure. Um, than what Lamar Jackson is, we'll see. But I definitely think that he's probably a first-round pick and really wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going ahead of a lot of people think that he couldn't, somebody like a Justin Herbert or something like that, if he continues to rise up people's um, boards. Because I think that he's somebody that is going to start to catch a lot of steam. You're already seeing it now. I think we saw, what was it? Um, what? Well, who did I see? Somebody said today uh, Jalen Hurts is better than Kyler Murray. And I'm like, all right. We're getting, we're getting a little hot. We're getting a little hot, Dickie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. On, I'm out on that dog. FF Stompy, that's who it was. Old Stompy, that's who it would put that out there. But regardless, you know, 
different strokes for different folks but so i think uh hour and 30 you know solid uh, i didn't think we could talk that long about these guys but we able, somehow were able to do it um as is tradition yes uh, always we did we did well there for a little while with like keeping the shows around an hour hour and 10 doing real good and then we just you know right back so we'll, we'll try to reel it back in but next week i believe we're doing a fan uh uh, well, it's actually the day of uh, free agency, so we'll definitely be talking about this again. And then I'll be happy when it's over. We can start branding out to more fun topics because I feel like this is what everybody's talking about right now is free agency. Every podcast is, but you kind of got to do it. It's one of those things that you have to put in your cap because people want to hear about it. And it's really going to start heating up over the next week because I think the period where people or teams are allowed to start contacting agents, I think, is the 13th or it's no, that, not the 13th. It's the Monday. It's yeah, the it's Monday the 15th, before. I think. 15th or 16th. 16th. Yeah, that's right. 16th. So we'll start to definitely over the next couple of days, we'll start getting more and more rumors and everything's going to get real hot. And it's going to have to because with no NBA, no NCA, uh, what, what could possibly be if the NCA decides to cancel or suspend their, their tournament, we may have nothing going on right now. The DFS community is in shambles because we have nothing to bet on. All we have right now is NASCAR. They said the race is going to happen this weekend, but if they take that from us, it is going to be a dark, dark times. Uh, uh, on the old Twitter sphere. So I don't know what else we're going to do. But anyways, uh, so next week, be sure to check that out. I think we're going to try to get some uh, a bunch of guests on for that. Have a super show, as they say, for next week's show. Maybe drink some beers and just uh, have some fun and uh, talk about you know where, where all these, these hot names are landing that we're all so excited about because most of them will have signed. So anyways, you guys have anything else before we get out of here? I got two quick things. Uh, one, uh, you mentioned whenever we were talking about quarterbacks, we did that with Zach Patra. Uh On Friday, his NFL draft guide is going to drop. So uh, we have the promo code TFA if you guys want to go get that. I think it's only like 10 It's like $9.99 regular price. But if you throw in that promo code, you get 25% off. So if you find him on uh, on Twitter, um they have the website they're running, the the Dynasty Draft Room, so definitely make sure you check that out. And then if you want to talk about dark days and not a lot going on, something that is guaranteed to brighten your day would be the the Scouting Summit Prospect Talk episode we dropped uh, right before we we went live here, actually. Um, We didn't didn't really uh, push that out too much, but it was me and four guys from a – from a from a dynasty league that I'm in, and it was just 90 minutes of just uh, prospect talk and and banter. So if you have not had enough of that, definitely make sure you go and check that out. That was uh that was a lot of fun to record. <laughs> Nothing really. Nope. I'm out. Done. I'm done. Let's 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 get the Cowboys assigned Dak. Let's get Cooper out of here. Just say hey, we screwed up, and just reset. But other than that, I'm good. All right. Well. Again, we really, really appreciate all the support. Uh, you know, if you could go check us out on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It really helps. Hit that like button. It really, really helps us out. We're doing a lot of great work. Speaking of Justin, can't even shout himself out. He has been crushing it with, with uh, kind of repurposing our, our videos and breaking yeah. them down for us. We really appreciate that. He's also the, the guy that helped hook us up with the sweet intro for, for our, uh, our channel. And we really appreciate that. So we're doing a lot of a big work. We got a lot of plans for videos and stuff like that. We're going to continue to do because that is the future of the fantasy community is videos. And we're trying to get ahead of the eight ball rather than being behind. 
And so if you want to check us out there, you can find us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRat13. You can find Cody at CKutzerFF. And you can find Justin at Justin Mandero. Another awesome original name for Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of one person that had this name. So it's as original as you can get it. There you go. There you go. There's a there's there's a there's a defensive coordinator in college football with my name. So I'm not obviously the famous one, but people are probably like, Oh, are you Kevin? No, I'm not I'm not that Kevin Steele. So, you know. So until next week, hit us up. Like I said, um, drop you know if you have any questions, drop them in the uh, drop them in the chat. Uh, tell us who your your favorite fantasy or your favorite free agent is, and where you want them to see them go for fantasy purposes. And we will see you all next week. I appreciate it. Peace out.
so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.